Human design is a part science, part spiritual system that tells you who you came here to be. You have your own blueprint, your own way of becoming successful, your own way your dreams are going to come true, the way you'll experience the most joy and fulfillment. The instruction manual for how to move through the world is custom to you. When you act according to that manual, when you act as the real you, everything in life comes to you with more ease and less resistance. We all know we're different, yet we're still acting like there's one way to do life. Let's talk about it. To find out your design and the designs of the people in your life, you can visit myhumandesign.com or download the My Human Design app in the App Store and on Google Play. So as we come to the end of the year, I am just thinking about what an incredible time we're living in and also what a precious and fragile time this is for so many people. You know, the last few generations have really paved the way for our generation to be able to afford to think about what makes a good life and what makes life worth living. And I think the polarity of that is that because we aren't preoccupied with just surviving or just putting food on the table, we are much more in touch with the fragility of life and we're much more in touch with our feelings about life because we can afford to think about what makes a fun life to us and to create that. It sounds weird, but it makes it feel so much closer to the opposite side of feeling like life isn't worth living or what is special about my life. And I do think that's partly um, what is contributing to, you know, our collective um, high levels of anxiety and depression and listlessness and hopelessness and purposelessness because we can even think about those types of topics. Um, And I think from a mechanistic point of view, that has to happen that we contend with those themes on both sides of them so that we can, you know, actually master those um, those themes and turn them into what is our version of a good life. You know, sometimes in order to know what a good life is, you have to know what definitely are your pain points or what definitely, you know, creates lack or emptiness inside of you. And there's so many factors that go into this, like, I mean, we can start to talk about, you know, as many as we want. But the first thing I want to say is that you know, life really is such a blank canvas for us now. And so it really is our responsibility individually more than ever to paint on it intent with intent. And I also think that, you know, it's painted to us that what is worth living is this like la-di-da, rainbows and unicorns. Some people, we're sold this lie and we sell ourselves this lie that some people that we see are just living these extraordinary lives. But at the end of the day, like, you need the humanness to ground you and you need to remember the humanness in others. You know, um, even the most famous actor on the planet has to get up and brush his teeth and go to the bathroom. <laughs> and, you know, no amount of money can can overcome the fact that working out is, okay, you can get liposuction, but working out is good for your brain. And I think we're in this rush to collapse time and make things so much quicker, like, you know, oh, that means you don't have to take effort to build your business, or maybe you don't need to do take any time. And we love this idea that things are easier. And I love the idea that things are easier as well. But at the same time, we have to remember that it's a scale. So we actually don't want everything to be easy. We don't want anything to take zero time because 
the climb is the fun. The process is the fun. The having your days filled with excitement, a challenge, a will it, a won't it happen? Can I do it? Can I see my stuff come out of me? Like it's not about the getting the Oscar. It's about it almost didn't happen and it almost did. And then there was the magic of how the script came together and someone at the last minute swooped in and saved the day. And then I had this aha that made the thing so much better. And, you know, it's the color of life that we're craving and that we want as humans, the reason why we come here to have the human experience. And so there really is a degree of, yes, you should ask for life to be more easeful in the ways that you want it to be more easeful, but also what are you going to do with the time that you free up? How do you assign significance to that? And there is no escaping the fact that there is actually, you come around to the fact that there is this delicious um, taste of no matter how extraordinary you can touch the divine, you are, we are all also both. And so, you know, the soul comes here to you know, have a cry on the bathroom floor or the soul comes here to do the dishes, the soul comes here to clean up and tidy your room and, you know, do those kind of daily things. A lot of people probably know this joke already, but like one of the parts of my day that I really have historically struggled <laughs> with is brushing my teeth. Um, because I just feel like, oh, it's just, it's so mundane. It's such a horrible way to start the day. Like, oh, we've got to brush these things again. Like, instead of, can we just jump out of bed and twirl and God knows what. But we all on an existential deep level have to do this dance between understanding that on the one hand, we need to be reaching as high as we can for what would make us feel in touch with the divine in us, you know, that creativity, that spark, that reaching for um, types of human existence that haven't been seen before. And also that that isn't the solution to everything. And if you get that, I promise you, you'll be wishing for the days that you know, you just be able to go to the grocery store and no one see your face or, you know, all those things. The thing that you start dreaming about become the mundane thing. So it really is about understanding the balance of what we fill our space with, how much time we want to allocate the things we fill our space with. Everybody thinks, and I've said this on a podcast before, that their dream is to, you know, not work and go live on a beach. That actually isn't the dream. You would be dying to get your hands dirty again and be fully in life again. And so it's not that we need to, our mind's addiction is to find like, this is my ultimate life. But actually, the ultimate life is like pulling any one of the different factors that are available to the human experience and cramming loads of different kinds of those things in one life. That's what makes a full life. And so you have to figure out which other options on the buffet that you can add to your plate that make your life feel full. Because, you know, I wouldn't want to I don't know, bungee jumping wouldn't make me feel like my life is full, but sitting in a room with you talking about concepts is what makes my life feel full. Right. And what's unexpectedly coming to me as an illustration of this is, you know, you've said in the past around different concepts of, you know, whenever you're moving into maybe a new era of humanity, there's like the good and the bad from the previous phase. And then there's the good and the bad from the next phase. And like in this context, if our ancestors living mm -hmm. was surviving, like it was, you know, waking up in the morning, making sure you could feed your family, just like that really was their focus. It was like creating structures around what we need to survive. And then our generation is kind of grappling with this. What does thriving mean? What mm -hmm. can I do? What's an extraordinary life? Where, mm -hmm. What's my highest possible joy? Like mm -hmm. what's my purpose? Like 
if you really think about it, we haven't been having our our, our grandparents were not having those thoughts. Absolutely. And I've said to you before, like they were just success to our grandparents genuinely was being able to put food on the yep. table. A lot of them were immigrants. A lot of them didn't have an education. You know, the things that the next level that they jumped our parents' generation up to was a wild success. And so us saying, oh, they didn't look at their inner child. Like terms. they didn't have time to do that. <laughs> that wasn't their thing. But this is our role now. Right. Yeah. But to, to use a different concept in this context is we have to almost take some of those things from that previous generation and bring them into our lives because that is part of what I think is making us feel like our lives aren't worth living and that Mm. is like a more of a concentrated feeling Mm. in our generation is because we actually aren't enjoying those things like you know oh I do have to cook myself dinner I Mm. do have to brush my teeth Mm. I do have to you know go to school like those things that don't feel like, oh, that's an extraordinary life. That is part of having an extraordinary life. And that is part of, you know, being a human being and being alive. Mm -hmm. And we have to start seeing things that way. Yeah. And, And I promise you, if you have all the time in the world and you're doing nothing with your time, all of a sudden, cooking becomes really attractive yeah all of a sudden um going to school feels really attractive and also the souls that are just dying to come in here and being like pick me pick me i want to round in yeah i'm like i want to go to school and have it be boring and i want to you know experience because these are all just fascinating experiences to go through right so please say what you said to me about cooking you said to me about oh like, my realization and, around that yeah yeah that i feel like we've created such a convenient society and there's something so beautiful about that where you can press a button and groceries can show up to your door and you can press a button and your dinner can be already pre-cooked for you and show up to your door. But convenience in in some ways is like numbing us and dumbing us down. Mm -hmm. You love that phrase, like numbing and dumbing us down. (laughs) Um, Where, yeah, I could just be scrolling on TikTok for three hours on my couch and go, oh, shit, I haven't eaten dinner. And I can just order a Jersey Mike sandwich, which I'm saying that because that's like an actual experience I've had. <laughs> TikTok, I swear, is my vice. And I've had to really work with putting limits around that for myself because that is numbing and dumbing because life is so convenient. I have, I can at sometimes have such so much open space in my life that I can go to something like TikTok to numb and dumb me mm-hmm. down and then just order a sandwich really quick. Mm-hmm. And I really realized like, oh, Taylor, even though cooking isn't necessarily your favorite thing, mm. there's something so mentally um, beneficial mm. and just like thriving, an aspect of like thriving in life that is taking the time to cook for myself. Mm. And even though I don't enjoy it as a hobby, I, the process of doing something that takes care of my body mm. just makes me happier. Like my husband like is in this, you know, health kick era of himself. <laughs> and he's like, wow, I actually feel so much better when I come home and I just do stuff. I'm like, yeah, isn't that crazy? Mm. Like, I know. Like, isn't that a crazy concept? <laughs> like our parents did not have those thoughts. No, but it's, it's amazing because this is what, this is what happens when humanity evolves anyway, is that I forget who said, who, who, created this but they I think it was young I could be wrong but he said there's always a thesis and then there becomes the antithesis to that thesis and through the process of that polarity comes a synthesis and then so the cycle of life the synthesis becomes the new thesis therefore Mm. 
if we look at this on a macro level and on a personal level, we have to grow up in the culture, the family, the traditions, the status quo that we grow up in. We swing the pendulum the opposite way. And then we come back into, hold on a second, there's some bits about this that I used to like. So know that it is normal and you're not doing it wrong if you're not intently at every point kind of, you know, not ridding yourself of anything. There has to be this kind of returning, you know, this returning back to. And there's one of the um, one of the gifts in human design is really about this and it's called the returning. Which one is it? On a you? deep level where um, I'm pretty sure it's a 24 in the I Ching. I have to... I'd have to double check that, but it's all about the coming back to and how beautiful that is as a part of life. And so it's amazing to almost go on a, a hero's journey, a mini hero's journey, which we all are on. That's what we come here for, right? To leave your, um, you know, original land, to go out and explore, go on the hero's journey and come back as a different version of you, right? And live it in a higher way. That's also connected to the 37 and the 40 in human design, if you want to get really, you know, on the very, very deepest levels, those, those um, gifts concern those kinds of journeys in, in humanity. And the stories that we tell, right? There's so many stories about the hero's journey, about people leaving the land they're coming from, you know, um, Homer's works were all about that, you know? And then, you know, since then, we've seen so many different iterations of the same cogs, um, just different characters. And so... The tarot is actually about that too. Wow. So um, anyway, I, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, it's normal if you say, you know, I want ease. I don't want struggle. I don't want work. I don't want to do anything to do that I associate with. I don't want to cook. I don't want to clean. I don't want to da 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 You create this new amazing thing for you that happens in the absence of the things you're trying to rid yourself of. And then comes the synthesis where you say, actually, I love traditions you know that's something that's happened to me recently you know I love and I think that is on a macro scale this return yep. to to people loving tradition and homeliness and coziness and family and I I do sense that in the air I is kind too. of happening a lot but on a macro scale you know whenever there are these movements of you know for example like the female getting the vote or whatever you know things ha sometimes have to get extreme for then something to be normal and to be accepted to be a very balanced thing. Now women can get the vote, right? But right. people, women had to chain themselves to, you know, railings to be able to get that. You know, people, women had to do radical things to be able to get that vote. And so sometimes it gives me comfort to, to see in the world extreme things happening or it being iterated in ways of low consciousness because I know directionally it's still going to always balance itself out, you know? And as much as that's happening on a macro scale, that's happening to us on a, on a micro scale too. But we, a lot of us are in the era of, I want ease, I want perfection, I want extraordinariness, blah, 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 blah. But it will come back around to, oh, I've achieved this thing. And actually the achieving of it wasn't the thing that I wanted. It's actually the joy of getting to do something that makes me feel fulfilled every day and the risk and the will I won't I and all those things. And it is the journey of the love of doing something that just makes you feel so alive. And when you have that, you often have the opportunity to say, oh, but you know what? I also really miss like, um, you know, boxing up the presence. Doesn't that just feel so special? And it has this like new thing assigned to it that you didn't see before. You know, it's it sounds so silly to think about this being like the thing that our generation or this time frame is kind of 
swinging the pendulum on. But if you really think about the like the last 10 years even, it really is like, oh, all of a sudden I don't have to go. Like I said, I don't have to go grocery shopping. I can buy the present um, already wrapped like this, like extreme pendulum swing of convenience forcing almost a space in our lives to go what would I do to fill that space now mm-hmm. because we're all naturally like oh I want to thrive in life I want to figure out my purposes and it's almost like given that much space and because we got so much space in our lives mm-hmm. now we're like oh no what am I going to fill this with and we didn't even know what to fill it with mm-hmm. so instead we fill it with things that are kind of easy to fill it with mm-hmm. that don't actually contribute to our purpose or yeah. making our life actually feel full. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of now have to bring a couple of those things back into our lives yeah. to feel like there's like some sort of balance yeah. and to come back around and realize that a lot of those things are what create an extraordinary life. Yeah. And now how do I be more particular about the space that I do have because mm-hmm. of these conveniences? Mm-hmm. Because maybe for some time in your life, you do use the grocery shopping app because you want to go straight home and like mm-hmm. after work and like work on this, like, I don't know, this hobby that you could potentially, you're so fascinated by like mushrooms or something, you know, mm-hmm. you don't, you don't know, like then for that time period, the convenience of not having to go to the grocery store is benefiting you, but you're using that extra space to kind of liven up your life with something yeah. rather than numb yeah. in that time frame. Yeah. And and life right now is set up in a way that there will always be outside forces that can fill empty time for you. Like, always. hey, you want a TikTok? Here you go. Hey, you want Netflix? You want to go and buy some junk food? You want to go online and shop? You want to, you know, whatever. And so we're never without options. Mm-hmm. And that's also the part that's hard is because I sometimes wonder if we would feel more called to do our joy and our purpose and to intentionally fill our day with stuff that matters to us specifically if the other option was sitting around doing nothing Mm. you know what I mean but it takes a longer time for sitting around doing nothing to feel less good if the beginning of it is Instagram TikTok you know whatever it is and then we're like okay we've reached our max now we're like drunk on this rubbish and that word (laughs) you mean that's so literally (laughs) you know that feeling when you've like looked at it for so long and you're like whoa 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 whoa, oh like I'm actually drunk on this and I can't stop yeah chemically there's something going on in your system absolutely yeah so it's it's really interesting and I I want to just really be so um pinpointing about the fact that these negative feelings that we're expre- that we're feeling right now and that we're going through, you know, so many of us, um, anxiety, depression, um, existential, you know, loneliness, existential, what is this all for? You know, there's so many of these things. And I really want you to know that these are the fundamental questions of what being a human is and so there is something that is so right about facing the fragility of life that our generation is being able to do on a mass scale and so sometimes you know a lot of the voices are you have anxiety or you have depression but what if these are feelings that all humans are very close to and you have gotten in a silo for some reason. And there's many, many, many causes of anxiety and depression. But I think if you're on a spiritual path and you feel like these are always close, it's because you are equipped to tend to the more esoteric parts of life. And so, you know, I think I said this once on a different podcast that 
I really recognize it, the difference between me. I walked past a homeless person who was curled up on the street with a pack of biscuits and uh, cookies next to him at 11 o'clock in the morning one day in Venice um, in LA. And it really hit me that the, the difference between us is a thread. And that's encouraging because of how quickly you can change your life now. But at any given point, what we think would be the smallest thing that wouldn't set us off could set someone else off and not because it's a small thing. And I think we have to stop saying, oh, it's just this that's making me feel so whatever, 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 this, these big feelings, because it's never about the thing. It's about the meaning you're assigning to it. And I think I was saying to you before, like, if anything in your life is associated with shame, being shamed for being that way or doing that thing, that is genuinely to your soul on an existential level saying it's not okay to be that way. It's not okay to exist that way, right? That's the, that's the underlying belief system that that's creating. And so we can't say, oh, I'm just being silly for feeling anxious about whatever it is. It's like, it's not about the thing. It's about what the thing means to you on an existential level. You know, me with the brushing my teeth, that get, that throws me into an existential crisis because it it makes me feel like, life is difficult because when I was a kid, the sound of turning the tap on in the morning was like, it was dark outside and I had to get to school. And what was the point of just everything in the day was a duty. And that felt heavy to me. So of course, I could say to myself, you're being silly for finding brushing your teeth. So whatever, right? And everyone has their brushing their teeth. We mm -hmm. have many brushing our teeth. And some of them are more extreme than brushing your teeth. And some of them are more extreme, but it's the feeling that it creates in you. And so you can't shame yourself for something that you think, oh, I'm, I have such a good life. I'm so lucky. I'm so privileged. So how could I be feeling this way? You have to acknowledge that it's not a life is going to send you the full spectrum of feelings if you're equipped to know how to then turn them into light, you know, to master the darkness and turn them into light. And if you really want to get trippy, you know, the um, life is a fragile gift. You know, you're you're never far away from not having life. You're never far away from your life changing, like I said, for the positive or for the better. So really what this, this is going to sound negative, but actually it's a beautiful thing because it really helps you understand the reverence that we should be having for life, the gift that life is. And when you understand it as a gift and you can see it from that level of, oh my gosh, how fascinating would a soul feel to have to go through the mundane things and like how cute these humans, like they brush their teeth because, and it's looking after your body, you know, mm -hmm. and like re-understanding it in a different way. It's these pain points that help us or push us, encouraging us to elevate our consciousness to see life with a capital L a different way. And so these negative feelings aren't going to be they, they don't determine how well you're doing as a human being. They don't mean that you're doing anything wrong. It's actually an invitation to overcome seeing something in one way and understanding that you're bigger than all of it anyway. And this is also where you get to see the divine in you because you're like, yes, part of the soup of humanity is anger, is frustration, is bitterness, is helplessness, is sadness, is fragility, is feeling like you can't do it. Like, you cannot have a human life without any of those things. And there's nobody who is void of those things. I think that's one of the reasons why you and I love also hearing about, you know, journeys of people who we think have gone on to do incredible things, but are still struggling with something or mm -hmm. they still go through heartbreak or they still lose a loved one. Like there's a, there's a, such an equanimity in the fact that we still all are humans and 
that we are living in a time where we want to encourage everyone to reach for the extraordinariness of the life that you can taste and touch. Right. And honestly, as you talk about when you were a kid, but like as a kid, one of my biggest existential things was feeling like something was wrong with me, Mm. you know, feeling like the fact that I couldn't fall asleep at night without taking and and having to go to a a psychiatrist who prescribed me like sleeping medication because I couldn't sleep and then being diagnosed with ADD and being like, oh my gosh, I don't function normal. There's something wrong with me. And like, then when you're saying like, we're having these feelings and thinking, oh, it's some, something's wrong with me that I'm having these feelings. And it's like, no, Mm. there's nothing wrong with you. The biggest issue that we the biggest issue that we're experiencing is that we think something's wrong with mm-hmm. us, which is why honestly human design has been one of the most like transformational tools for me because it's literally a tool that has reaffirmed for me in so many ways over six and seven years, constantly being able to spot, oh, that's not wrong about me. Oh, I have you know, existential fears of how things are going to play out because I am hyper tuned into mm-hmm. like, I have gift 57. Mm-hmm. So that is inherently the fear of the future, but also a strong instinctual momentary sense of like how things are going to play out. Did I pr- explain mm-hmm. that correctly? Mm-hmm. So like, oh no, there's nothing wrong with me that I am so future trippy mm-hmm. and have so many fears and like, things in my life about how things having control over how things are going to play out. That's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. That's just me having a wrong expression of a gift mm-hmm. that I could use as an incredible tool for myself. Mm-hmm. So, and the only difference between using a gift yep. for the wrong and for the right is when you plug fear, the consciousness of fear or lack into something. And this is why to go back to the shame piece It's if you didn't have shame for something, it would be so neutral. And you also could change it so much quicker about yourself. But that's why, you know, for me, for example, a heavy life was a life that wasn't worth living. You know, that's what felt one of my pain points as a child. And that's why the toothbrushing was just the thing that the light sent me to help me realize that, you know. And I could have, if I felt like I was helpless just recreated that heaviness of life if I validated myself for that if I was afraid if I had fear to do something differently like there's so many things that I could have plugged into that quality of mine right which was my gift 58 about levity and joy and 36 turning darkness into light that combination that toothbrushing had to happen to me to prompt me to live those gifts and live them with a consciousness of this is here for a reason. There's no shame about this. There's a reason why I'm paying attention to this specific pain point in my life because it wants, it's showing me my manual of my curriculum, what I am meant to transform in myself mm. as a human. This is my patch of the grass that we're all on. This is my lot to, to contend with. And when I transform this, that means that us as a humanity have transformed that one piece that only I can change, you know? It wasn't for me to transform my future tripping because I don't really have that gift. I don't really do it. I have other things that are much more painful to me. So I also cannot compare my hard to the fact that it's easy for you. I have to find the thing that's hard for you and that's what gives me compassion. Is like, oh, I get that I could see how future tripping could feel so hard because I know how hard that heaviness is for me, mm. right? Not, 
oh, you shouldn't have fear of public speaking because it comes easy to me. Like, what a silly thing to to be crippled by, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. This is illustrating too. this, con- you know, we're talking about this concept of having an extraordinary life. What I hope people are pulling away from us, even, you know, sharing these little tidbits of the things that we contend with is that that is what we see as part of having an extraordinary life. Mm -hmm. Like there is something so potent Mm -hmm. about being able to know and, 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 and listen to your chart through the lens of your pain points and being like, whoa. I got gifted the exact curriculum in life to transform these things Mm. and they can feel so mundane Mm. and like as silly as like transforming how you feel about brushing your teeth or transforming the way that you respond to your husband doing something that is just so irritating to you Mm -hmm. because it makes you feel, you know, like he's trying to control you or like Mm -hmm. that is extraordinary to me. Yeah. We talk about this often because of the way that we ask questions about our spiritual growth. Um, a lot of the times we we imagine that spiritual growth is like this other path that we're on that is not our real life where it's like, how do I surrender more? Or how do I trust more? Or how do I be okay with things? But actually, what is the real life scenario where you're wanting to do that? And that's what you need to get granular about. You know, even when people ask us questions inside the app, in the tip section, it's so much more transformative to say, I am getting annoyed by the fact that my husband is leaving stuff around and it means this to me and I want to not feel this or I don't like who I am when I do that. How do I change that? Rather than us thinking that that problem is coming to us because we need to be more trusting in life or we need to be, you know, whatever, more okay with people. Except, How do I practice acceptance? You know what I mean? It's like we need to get like in the weeds and kind of like so deliciously mundane about what our spiritual work is because it does live in the freaking teeth brushing yeah and they're leaving the cups and they're like that's where it is yeah (laughs) I would love if people ask questions in the app too if it was like okay I'm a projector Mm -hmm. and I'm a three five profile Mm -hmm. and my husband (laughs) leaves cups on the side table and I tell you every single day I wake up and it irritates me or I wake up in the morning and there's crumbs and I cannot get off it like whatever so mm-hmm. for me, that is bitterness. Mm-hmm. I get bitter. I'm saying she's laughing extra hard because these are things that I <laughs> contend with. Yeah. But it's such a good example. And yeah. and the reason why it's such a good example is because people feel that way. Yeah. Other people feel that way. And also other people are like, what is she talking about? But what's interesting is that what it means to you mm-hmm. and everybody can tell what that feeling is. Yeah. You know, and it means something so much deeper. It's about the meaning you ascribe to the thing. It's never about the content. It's the form. Right. It's like containing me or having expectations of me and like Mm -hmm. I as I hate being told what to do Mm. and that is an inherently three five profile thing in my opinion Mm -hmm. it's like don't don't tell me what to do don't control me don't tell me I have to do things a certain way and it's like almost bleeds over into so many different areas of my life so yeah but it's interesting because even the thought in the middle is he's leaving it so that he's expecting me to tidy it up right whereas someone else would see someone leaving things around and just be like Oh, they just don't take care of themselves and I need to be with someone who takes care of themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like every human has a different um, fabric of the way that we meet, may, make A mean B. Yeah. 
And it's that thing that we need to start questioning, interestingly enough, is like, why do I think this means that? Because I'm assigning meaning to it. Mm-hmm. It is completely neutral until I put my pers- until I place my personal lies on it, right? Mm-hmm. And so what's ha- what's interesting, and we talk about this, you and I, and we laugh about it a lot, like how we will, um, let's say you have a personal lie, that your biggest personal lie is that um, no one loves you, right? You could be in any situation and your subconscious will literally, because you're addicted to your personal lie, your subconscious is going to find a way to make those scenarios and to re-perpetuate that being true in your life as your mm-hmm. personal lie. Until you can start to identify what your lies are, you usually have one or two maybe really big ones yeah. that are just so not real, but you'll just keep on imprinting them onto the fabric of life. So let's say, for example, we were talking about someone who has a personal lie. You can of, share mine if you want. Oh, I was going to share the personal lie of no one helps me. Oh, okay, go ahead. You remember how we were saying no one helps this person, but actually she's the most charmed, babied like person ever. (laughs) But it it doesn't matter because you're still going to need to imprint that as being your lie of your of what you're telling yourself is your reality until you start to recognize that maybe your personal lie isn't real. And one of the exercises I think is amazing is if you can tell what your personal lie is, is the thing that you just keep on thinking over and over again to be true that causes you like the most pain. Mm-hmm. If you out that to somebody and you share that with someone who you feel really close to, and this is honestly such a beautiful time of year to do this because you go into the new year feeling so a little bit less um, sticky. Yeah, and it has less of a hold over you when you can out your personal lie to someone and also have them tell you yours because what happens is when you see and you can see how unreal someone else's is and go oh that's so cute so or that's silly. so not true or that's so silly right then it starts to make you think oh maybe mine isn't real either so even you know us exchanging our personal lives or me exchanging one of mine with um with someone else that I was sitting next to at Lacey's uh, to be a magnetic event I told you about in LA. Like the more other people's personal lives you gather and the more you see that their understanding of reality is so not true, it just loosens the grip that yours might not be absolutely real too. Um, So yeah, it's, it's really interesting to think about like what is the thing that comes to you over and over again like for example they're trying to control me like have I heard this before that's a good question to ask yourself Mm, and like is this a normal part of my like it does it show up most days I haven't even really contended with that one yet (laughs) (laughs) you know but it's like oh is this like you know a regular visitor here (laughs) yeah it is okay yeah it might be your personal life yeah you might be the one recreating it one of mine for sure um do you think too this is maybe just kind of a general question do you this is a common thing that these kinds of thoughts a lot of people are having right now. Mm-hmm. Like we're not the only people that are like sitting around trying to transmute this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because it's our generation's job. Yeah. That's because, what I was going to ask you. Is, yeah. it, is it actually like our job? Mm-hmm. I really do think it is because in the journey, if you were going to map out a journey of how humans get back to remembering their divine right of course how would you design if you were someone or the light or the universe up there like designing how it would work you'd be like okay first we need generations to do this and then we need generations to create an industrial revolution and all the stuff I mean anywhere you look in history you see how it's paved the way to to where we are now and one of my favorite uh Richard Rudd quotes I think it's in gift what he calls a gene key 53 it might be 53 
He says, we stand on the shoulders of even a cockroach, which is that all the consciousness has paved the way for us to get to where we are now. And our parents' generation who were contending with contraceptive pills and divorce and, um, you know, the kind of swinging 60s and the all the kind of um, explosion of the hippie movement and free will and free love and you know can you can you see how perfectly that came that had to come right before we were like oh okay well divorce is not so crazy let's think about other kinds of rights let's think about abortion let's think about gay marriage let's think about do oh I need gosh. to have a baby right now yeah do I want to get married at all do I want to have kids can we have kids later there's aging science I mean every, we could talk about every industry and how it's the perfect next step from the industry the way the industry looked the you know the generation Previous. before but it's in terms of our internal life we are able to contend with so much more because we have space to contend with it more and because of what the previous generations did to get us here Ugh. I mean, you know, these are some of my favorite conversations and I do want to kind of prompt us to continue this conversation in the community. Mm. Do you think it would be a good idea to have people share their personal lives? I think so. We should start a conversation yeah. on the app because th- when you read other people's and see, oh, I don't have this one. I don't have this one. I don't have this one. It is the most healing thing. Yeah, I think we should. I'll, I'm happy to like jump in there, start a little combo mm-hmm. about it. I would love to hear um, as we're like moving into the new year, mm-hmm. just like what are you contending with? What is the thing that keeps like revisiting you? Mm-hmm. And might it be? your personal lie Mm -hmm. and therefore might you be changing your quantum reality to for the ego or for the wounded conditioning self right almost be more comfortable repeating the lie but I think now we're ready to break it I think we're ready to live outside the lines of how we think reality is and to discover it's actually something completely different and that really is freedom you know freedom is when you understand how much you can mold reality and then you can mold it to not playing god you know so it's not escaping where the rubber meets the road it's not escaping the beauty that is a physical life that has routines that has mundanity that has the normalness of everything that taps us into other humans because we all share that you know we want we want levity just as as much as we want the grounding but can we make it so beautiful and can we be people who meet all the different parts of that spectrum with us being so happy with who we are and the consciousness we approach everything with. So yes, you're still going to work, but it's a different consciousness. Yes, you're still brushing your teeth, but it's a different consciousness. You're more alive in every single part of what you do. And that really is, that really is what we deserve.